Tyler Bell is a relationship coach based in Dallas, Texas. She is focused on helping young women break toxic relationship cycles and find the love they deserve through educating themselves on self-love, building confidence, and positive mindset shifts. I'm so excited for this episode today, so please join me in welcoming Tyler to the show. Do you mind telling everyone just a little bit about yourself, how you um, came into the business of coaching and the population that you really have your work geared towards? Okay, yeah. So pretty much for me, um, I pretty much always struggled with the whole finding love and relationship thing. Like even when I was a little girl in elementary school, I was always boy crazy and stuff. (laughs) But nothing ever really worked out for me. I never even had a boyfriend and high school I I just I I had the worst luck with finding guys back then and stuff or even finding guys that actually liked me or treated me well so it wasn't until I was in my early 20s where I started to actually work on building myself up and just learning more about what it takes to go from being in toxic relationships or relationships where you're not wanted or even just the one-sided, unrequited love type relationships mm-hmm. to actually finding someone who actually cares about you. And I met my now boyfriend at the age of 23. And now we're been together almost three years now. Oh, I love like happy stories like that. That's awesome. And is that kind of what brought you into the dating relationship coaching business is your, like you said, your own struggles with toxic or one-sided relationships? Yeah, because I, I always wanted to make a positive impact um, on the world with like what I do with my life and everything. Yeah. And um, when I um, I was like asked like, well, what could you do to like coach and like teach other people? I really thought about it, and I realized like, as far as my relationships, that's the only thing that I really was able to do a one eighty on, and I really like put in a lot of work to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So that's something I can teach other people on how they can learn how to get there. Too. Absolutely. I talk so much about toxic relationships on this show because it's been such a struggle and it's something I see with so many people um, is having those toxic relationships. And it's just, it seems to be this nasty pattern. And I think that we have to do a process of unlearning. Um, so I'd love to ask you um, your opinion on how your childhood or just upbringing impacts your behavior and expectations in a relationship. Yeah, well, um, as far as my um, childhood um, and, like, growing up with my parents, I never really got to see what a healthy relationship was because, I mean, in in my case, my mom and dad, they were separated before I was even born. My mom separated from my dad while she was still pregnant with me and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the earliest memories of my mom and dad interacting together was them, like, arguing or cussing each other out on the phone. So it was... A very toxic relationship to learn, or very toxic situation to learn about love from coming up from there. But even when I was like young as I can remember, like four or five, I was just thinking like I want to, I want to show them what love is. I want to show them that it's not that hard to love other people and to find love, and to just be happy. So that was always something that I was really drawn to, even at a young age. 
That's beautiful. Yeah. And you posted something today on, on attachment styles, actually. And um, I have the avoid anxious avoidant attachment. And do you think that it's, it's possible for your attachment style to, to change from your personal experience? Uh, yeah, because with me, I have definitely more of the avoidant and with a little bit of anxious uh, style towards me. And when it comes to like trying to get out of the avoidant style, I learned that like sometimes I just got to like step aside and like think and think about what a healthy relationship is and focus on communication and just like put in that conscious work mm. to overcome my natural patterns and then just try to communicate with my partner make sure they understand where I'm coming from and what I'm going through. So it's possible, but you just have to put in the mental work for it. Yeah. The struggle is so real, girl. Like I, um, I'm also avoidant. I'm anxious, fearful avoidant. I don't know the exact one, but I feel like a lot of it has to do with growing up and, and your view of what a relationship your parents um, specifically looks like. And I don't know about you, but for me personally, I think the framework around relationship was like love hurts, love ends in pain, love is a struggle, love is supposed to be dramatic. So it kind of set the stage for these unhealthy, dysfunctional patterns of relationships. And um, I mean, you're so young to me. I, I'm 27 and I just got into my first healthy relationship last year. And I got to tell you, like, it is sometimes really hard work to to dis, like, disengage from your natural um, ways of relating to people in relationships. Yeah, and especially if you go through trauma, because I, I did actually listen to one of your earlier podcasts about uh, trauma and everything like that. And yeah, it just really related to me. Like, there's a lot of learning when it comes to coming from a traumatic past and then just going to a healthy relationship. You're always fearful that the new person is going to treat you like people in the past have done. So mm -hmm. it's definitely a struggle. Yeah, for sure. And you kind of set yourself up with these expectations. And sometimes it's it's so subconscious too that you don't even realize that um, what you're doing. And even if it is a healthy relationship, sometimes at least I find with the avoidant attachment that I'm always kind of sabotaging or like testing yeah. my partner. <laughs> And um, it, it's 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 definitely possible, but it's so hard, especially when you have that relationship with yourself. So I don't know if you can talk about um, the relationship that you have with yourself and how that impacts your romantic relationships. Yeah, so at the beginning of uh, me entering my new healthy relationship, I was definitely distant with even the ideal of getting into a relationship. Um, getting into a relationship but there was just something about well my current boyfriend now I think that there was something about how he was open and communicative and stuff and it kind of like pushed me out of my own um, mm. thoughts of just like staying away from people and not trusting people not wanting them to get too close to me and um, even when I just started to go into an actual relationship with him like there was still a lot that I had to like test myself on. And I was just, I was still very afraid. I was, I was still waiting for him to hurt me like all the other guys did. And I, I can't even remember how, it, how I managed to like push myself past that and get out of my own head and um, 
all the traumatic ways that I've been taught to expect and what I was expecting out of a guy. But mm. just knowing that he was there and constantly by my side and helping me along the way and proving to me that he actually cares about me, it really did help me move from being in my own head to realizing like, oh, okay, this guy actually is trying for me. He's actually a healthy guy, a healthy, the beginning of a healthy relationship. So. Yeah. That's so important too, is that a lot of times, um, especially in the avoidant attachment, we can tend to be, seem like emotionally distant or unavailable when really, um, Everyone wants love, right? Everyone wants human connection. Everyone wants to feel desired. But I think it is so helpful when you finally meet someone that is willing to work with you, that's em empathetic, that is communicative, that is healthy, because healthy love, especially when you've been in abusive relationships or traumatized in toxic relationships, healthy love and being loved the right way is so healing on every level. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely remember like one of the first times I realized like, okay, this guy actually cares about me and this guy is actually here for me. Like it just made me cry because mm -hmm. like I gave so much to these other guys that they were just toxic and they didn't care about me and stuff. And then me seeing that, okay, this guy is actually trying and I'm still so traumatized by what these guys did to me. I can't give him my 100% like my full self like I did before. It really hurt. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, sis. That is like, my heart is just like, oh, I have chills because I completely understand. Like, it hurts you to watch yourself operating in that way because you gave so much to these people that didn't deserve it, that didn't, I don't want to say earn your trust, but they didn't deserve what you offered them. And then you have someone that actually wants to put in the work and, and love you. But sometimes we're so... Um, like in shock that we don't believe that that's possible for us. So we kind of hold back the love we have to give. Yeah, that was definitely a struggle then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What advice would you give to single women or perhaps yourself even five years ago that are experiencing something similar? I would say definitely, well, for me, I would definitely say like, hold off on thinking about a relationship or thinking that a relationship will be the big solution to fix everything in your life or that it will all of, all of a sudden make you happy mm -hmm. and just like take time for yourself and realize whether you're even in the right space for a relationship and then also take the time out to like educate yourself on like your psychological triggers because there's just so much in psychology that it, can be holding you back and there's so much in your childhood and everything that you experienced when you when you were growing up that still affects you whether you think it has anything to do with your relationships or not mm. so i would definitely tell my younger self like just hold off on all of that and just take time to work on yourself just focus on yourself and try to understand why you do the things that you do because the psychological things can really really like hold you back on your relationships yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And and so often so many of them are, like I said, unconscious. And um, it's it's when we're so focused on finding the right person, we often neglect to show up for ourselves and be the right person for ourselves. And I think once you establish that 
strong foundation within yourself, then you're in the right mindset um, and psychologically healthy enough to find someone that's able to meet your needs. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I love that you mentioned triggers. What do you think um, you can even speak to yourself or something that you see um, are triggers, whether it's in your relationship or the past psychological triggers? Cause that's, that's huge when dating, sometimes we get triggered or in relationships and we can take, take it out on our partner speaking for a friend. So what's your experience been like dealing with those triggers? Oh, well, yeah. Um, I definitely say my biggest triggers is after I was sexually assaulted. So anything that has to do with even just like, like if my boyfriend mentioned something about like how I want sex all the time or something like mm-hmm. that, like just because I feel so guilty about how I acted in the past or how, how like at one point I even like tried to force myself to, to like interact with this one guy sexually and stuff, even though I was traumatized from what happened before. Like, I just, I don't really, I don't really like the thought of I, of me like enjoying sex just because I, mm. I just feel so guilty because of the part that I played and, like that whole sexual trauma thing. So that it's, it's always a big trigger for me. It always like sends me back to that time when I was assaulted and it's always hard. I always have to give myself time. It usually takes like a day or so. It Well, it's a day or, so, or a day or so now that we're moving together, but before it, it just took, days it took time because we weren't living together at that point so I didn't have to confront him about like what he said but over after a while I will confront him and then I realized like he never really meant anything bad by it but that's just my own personal trigger and I have to get over it of course yeah that is I I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that that's so I want to hold a safe space for you here because I know a majority of my listeners are survivors of some type of sexual abuse. Um, And it's so hard to understand if you've never been through it yourself. And oftentimes our partners can take that the wrong way and think they they can get offended or become defensive. And it's, it's finding that healing and what works for you and just feeling um, like you're with someone who is compassionate enough to sit with you through that. So I, I really hope and I'm glad that it sounds like your boyfriend shows up for you in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like something every time like he ends up bringing it up. He really doesn't mean to, but like we always have to like sit and I have to like explain to him like, okay, I know you didn't, you weren't thinking about how it had traumatized me in the past, but you said this and it made me feel like this way and it made me feel this way. So that's just, that's also another thing that I had learned when I had took time for myself and like read books is like learning to communicate because before I'm not a very communicative person at all, but I really wanted to take the time out to try to be communicative. And then just one of the things I learned in the books is that it's always good to like take time for yourself and share with your partner what you're feeling, why you're feeling that way, um, and like what things had caused you to feel that way. So, yeah, that that's one of the most important 
factors in a relationship. And I think at least for me, the hardest, especially when you have a history of sexual violence, you feel like your voice was physically taken from you. So it could be really hard to claim your truth and claim your power and speak your voice and feel like people actually care what you have to say. But I've also learned, like you said, how can someone love us properly? How could we let someone see us and be ourselves with someone if we can't communicate to them what we need and how we're feeling? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been a big game changer for me with when it comes to relationships. It's just learning to take that time to communicate. Yeah, it takes so much practice too, right? Like, uh, yeah. I've been in it for years and sometimes it's so easy and sometimes it's super hard, but it's just um, feeling like you have the right and you're worthy enough of speaking your truth and also seeing how people receive it. Because if we speak our authentic truth to someone in a kind manner and they kind of turn it and twist it on us and become verbally aggressive or something then that person most likely isn't in a place to receive what we have to offer yeah and i'm really grateful that my boyfriend is the type of person that just like sits there and listen and like say like okay well i didn't mean to make you feel like that and he just like he he never like is defensive or aggressive about me expressing my own feelings so i really appreciate that part about him yeah i'm so grateful for people like that in our lives that um it's, it's so harmful to be invalidated. And I think a lot of times we're human, right? We could be insensitive when we don't know where someone's coming from. But if they're a good listener and they really try to adapt to our needs, and that's, that's just the biggest green flag of someone being mature enough to realize that our actions don't really speak to them. It speaks to where we're coming from ourselves. Yeah, and then also going back to the uh, attachment styles um, thing, I also find, like, ever since I have been with my current boyfriend, like, another thing that really helps a person, whether they have an avoidant or an anxious attachment style, is being with someone that has reached a certain level of security, at Mm -hmm. least enough that it doesn't make you feel more anxious or more like you want to close off or be dismissive or avoidant. So the partner that you're with really helps out with it, with like overcoming your attachment style, your insecure attachment style. So, Yeah, a thousand percent. Would you say your boyfriend is secure attachment or is he, because I know you mentioned security and that's, that's huge. Yeah, actually he's more of a, I'd probably say an anxious attachment Mm -hmm. style and a little bit of avoidant when he is annoyed or like pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he for him his, himself, he didn't come from a secure background either. He just kind of learned to become that way over time. Hmm. So I'm really grateful that he ended up like even without actually having a role model for a healthy relationship. He kind of took the time himself to figure out what he needs to do to actually yeah. build a successful relationship. Wow. That's like so admirable because not many people, I feel like a lot of people are born into a secure relationship, like 50% of the population, but for him to actually seek out that information and have that insight and that, that self-awareness that speaks to someone that is capable of maintaining and being in a healthy relationship. So that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I'm not even sure how he, 
I'm not even sure how you learned that because yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't have a model and he didn't like read it through books or even oh, really? go through uh, therapy. So <laughs> I don't know. I guess he maybe saw it on TV or enough times or in movies enough times that he kind of like picked up on how to actually be there for somebody. Well, bless him because I don't think I could have done that without the help of YouTube and podcasts and books and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he had like really secure friendships or something like that where um he learned cuz a lot of times if we don't know the right way to be in a relationship, we can learn the hard way by doing in my experience doing everything wrong until you finally come to this moment where you're like I need to change if I want to have fulfilling relationships in my life. Yeah, I think that actually played a part in it because he did say he went through some pretty tough relationships in the past. So yeah, it's also part of that, probably part of that too. Mm-hmm. What do you think are um, some red flags and green flags? Like what are um, red flags that this person might not be in a place to be emotionally available or in a healthy relationship? And, and what are some signs that maybe in your own relationship that you found our green flags that the person is invested? Um, mostly from personal experience, anytime that a guy says that he's too busy for you or makes up some kind of excuse of why he can't text you or call you or just talk to you, that is definitely a red flag for me. Mm-hmm. I'd never do that again. <laughs> um, um, as far as another red flag, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's been plenty if they don't treat their friends right if they they don't talk well about their friends then that's also another red flag because if they're talking bad about their friends then they'll probably talk bad about you behind your back for sure as far as green flags um the best thing was uh with my boyfriend when he would constantly try to he would constantly try to talk to me and stuff, and he would always make me feel safe and secure with mm. expressing my feelings. Even when we first met, and like it was even like what, like three or four weeks in of us like actually like talking on a regular basis, he would he was saying like he um, he was already kind of emotionally connected with me, emotionally attached to me that he wouldn't really want to hurt me mm. and stuff and. It was just always kind of there for me from the beginning. Also, we ended up meeting by like working together. And then it was, he started out as my coworker and he ended up getting my number. And like every day after we work, he would be like, Hey, how are you doing? And stuff like that. And he would uh, text me all the way up until we go to bed and then he'll say goodnight every, every night. <laughs> so those are definitely green flags. If they're trying to make an effort to talk to you and reach out to you, then you know that you're in a good place. Yeah, a thousand percent, because someone that's not emotionally available or not fully interested, we don't want to face it, but it's pretty clear. They'll ghost us. They'll not talk to us for X amount of weeks until they want something. And someone that's invested will show up and actually make an effort. And I, I love what you said. He made you feel safe because especially as women, like personally, like I need that in a relationship. If I don't feel safe enough to tell someone how I'm feeling or let them really truly see me, it's never going to work out because it's just going to be a surface level relationship that can't really go deeper and more intimate if you don't feel safe. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I love that. So I want to ask you, why do you, what inspires you the most or makes you feel the most empowered about helping young single women? Um, well, I also tried out like getting on Facebook groups and stuff to try to like reach out to other women who um, have dealt with toxic relationships or bad relationships. And um, it was kind of just to see like, like test the waters of like what's out there in the field, like what are, what are my potential audience and everything like that. And on Facebook, I ended up finding that there were actually a lot of women who were older and like maybe they were in their thirties or forties, fifties, and they already had kids. And with some women, they were like, even though he was, he's a bad guy, like they already know that is it's an unhealthy relationship. They're okay with letting this guy like step out and be with another woman for so many months just because of the fact that they already had kids together and stuff and they didn't want to separate their kids from their father and mm -hmm. things like that. So they would try to stay with them. And that is the biggest, that's the biggest sign of empowerment for me is because I, I don't want young women to have to deal with being tied down to a man because they have kids with them or still be in like their forties or fifties and still not understand what it means to be loved just because they, they never got the education that they, that they needed to learn how to speak their voice and learn how to get the love that they deserve. Wow. I'm like at a loss for words because I, I love what you said so much that when you're, I'm 27, but I can imagine that if I had to go another 27 years till I'm almost 60, not knowing what it feels like to be properly loved, that just breaks my heart. I, I It breaks my heart when beautiful women don't see their, their value and and I've been there and I'm sure you've been there. We've all been there where we just settle because we don't feel like we can do any better. And it's just so heartbreaking. So I love that you're doing this work. It's so impactful. Yeah. And then I also see like other things like um, the reality TVs, like the 90 Day Fiance and um, oh, they got the Naked and Afraid of Love thing and then it's it's funny to see like now that I'm in a healthy space that like when I look back at women who are in their mid to late 20s and stuff like go on to these different like dating type of reality tv shows and just like see them go through these horrible relationships and be like no girl you deserve so much better and stuff and like this is not a good sign for love and stuff like it's just something to see how much you improve from that point just seeing how young and naive you can just walk into something so unhealthy and then realize like okay well i've progressed to this point where i know better i know what real love is i know what to look for for the signs of actual healthy love yeah yeah it definitely changes right our perspective shift as we learn these these uh lessons oftentimes the hard way through these experiences so um, I think when we're so young and naive, for lack of better words, we we just wear a heart on our sleeve in a gullible way because we just, I don't want to say the word desperate, but we just take crumbs or what anyone throws at us because we just want to be loved. And then it comes to a point where you're established in your own power and your own sense of self 
where you have a higher standard or set the bar higher. So I'd love to ask you, what did you do to change what you accept as love and your view of what love really is? Wow, I had to do a lot, actually. I have to say the first step that I took to changing to really starting to understand the type of love that I deserve was I looked on online, I was looking up this blog. Well, first I was looking in like how to feel or how to be like treasured as a woman and stuff in relationships and stuff. And then I stumbled upon this blog, I believe it was uh, called The Feminine Woman. And um, she pretty much like explains like all the the empowering ways that women like that they actually have power in themselves like bio- biologically and then just like through their feelings like there's there's so much to just being a woman that you deserve to be treasured and I ended up reading that blog and all the articles like over the course of seven months and this was like right after I was sexually assaulted and it took me seven months to just realize that that I was actually worth more and that it, it took me seven months to even realize that I was actually sexually assaulted because before then I thought that the only way I was ever going to be loved is if I just went along with whatever sexual desires a guy wants and always say yes, never say no and stuff. I thought that was how I was going to be valued and treasured, but it is not the Reading that article, reading that blog, it showed me that the real way that I'm treasured, the real way that I'm valued is expressing myself and expressing my opinions and then just having my own view of the world, having my own goals, my own ambitions. Like now my boyfriend, he he values the fact, like he loves the fact that I'm so ambitious and that I know what I want to do with my life, you know, that I have a goal set for my life instead of just kind of like, sitting around and just partying or looking into favorite things for or a sense of work. So it just, for me, it took just learning and just reading that I, I do have value as a woman, my feelings and my body, not for the sake of a man, but just for the sake of myself, just knowing that as a woman, I am beautiful and expressing my feminine energy makes me desirable. It makes me it makes me worth it. it was just enough for me to start to learn that I actually deserve so much more than what I had gotten in the past. Wow. I, I almost cried, Tyler. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Uh, I wish I could just give you a hug. I commend you so much for your bravery and just, I'm so happy that you found that inner strength and that that courage that oftentimes we have to go through these horrific experiences to realize our worth, not when someone else sees it, just because it's always inherently there, especially as women, we are so friggin' incredible. The things we do physically, mentally for other people, and we have so much love to give. And that resonated with me, what you said so much, because Sometimes we want to be loved or we're learned that we can only be loved and accepted if we do what other people tell us to do, if we go along and become a shell of ourselves. And that's really not what love is. Love is being an autonomous, independent person and someone else 
wanting to love you because of who you are, not what you can give them, you know? And I'm so happy that you found that independence and that sense of yourself at such a young age. That's, that's so awesome. And I really admire you for your journey because we try to be what other people want us to be so that they accept us. But true love is when we tell someone no and they still love us anyway. Yeah. I mean, even with um, reading that blog, like it was, it was, it was actually a couple that created the blog. Like they kind of really work on different articles and stuff. And there was even a time where uh, the, the man in the relationship, he was saying like, Oh, she, one time my wife got mad and she even threw a shoe at me and I loved her every minute of it because <laughs> she was expressing herself, even though it was, even though it was her being angry, it's still her being able to express herself. Mm. So that's yeah. when I started to learn like, okay, like the type, the type of love that I need is where people can see all sides of me and still love me anyways. Ooh, I got chills. I love that. Yes. And it's, it's someone preferably, I mean, ideally it sounds like this for you and for me as well, someone that doesn't get insecure or intimidated by us being empowered and chasing our dreams and asserting ourselves. It's someone that is secure enough with themselves that they respect it and they admire us for having our own voice. Yeah. Love it. So what, what would you say that your favorite and I don't know, least favorite is the right word, but most challenging parts of being a dating coach is? Well, um, as far as the dating coach thing, I have I just started not too long ago, so I'm still pretty new to it. Um, but my favorite thing is like thinking of all the different content I can think of for to share with other women because like I just always have like a whole bunch of content ideals. Like I never even realized how much I knew about relationships until I started to think like oh, well, women need to learn about this. Oh, women need to learn about this. Oh, oh, and also this, I forgot about that. Like, it's so fun creating more content and just trying to find, uh, think of more educational pieces to share with other women because, like, like, just like I said before, like, I realized how much I actually learned from um, just taking the time for myself to learn how to get to the point of healthy relationships. And as far as the least favorite part of it, so far, it's trying to, like, figure out who's my audience and get more attention. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, for any coach, that's always going to be a struggle. Or any freelancer, like, trying to find more people to um, be aware of your services and who you are is always going to be the most challenging part. Mm-hmm. So I'll yes. work on that, too. But I, I'll consider it, like, just as fun right now because I get to learn a little bit more about business and a little bit more about social media to spread out my... Um, my viewership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hear you on that. It, it's so hard sometimes to get going. Um, I've been at this podcast for a year and, and I'm almost at 10,000. But like you said, when we're creative or we are a coach, like we want to reach a large audience, not necessarily for fame or anything, but it's to help people and share our struggles and hope that our story can impact and, and help someone else. But everything now is word of mouth and social media. So I love what you said, just doing it for fun and just for exploration and also 
just self inquiry and self study and taking those lessons and then cultivating them for a wider audience. And your Instagram is beautiful. That's how I found you. Um, I'm so bad with social media. So like advertising and, and, um, actual, like the way things look, um, is not my jam, but you have a friggin' beautiful Instagram, your quotes, your posts. So why, why the name Bombell? Um, that's your name on Instagram. What inspired you or um, made you want to use that name for your coaching or your Instagram? Uh, all right. So my my name is Tyler Bell, and I always love the Bell part, and especially since everyone always was like, always loved the combination of Tyler Bell. Like it sounds really good and close together, but I wanted to use Bell because I always liked the fact that like. If you add an E in, in, Fran- in France, oh, yeah. it's beauty. Bell means beauty. And then bomb, bell, is like a bombshell. So it's like helping women understand that they're beautiful and they're sexy. And then it's also dot XO. Like, and then XO is kind of like the ending of a love letter. So it's a love letter to young women that they are beautiful and sexy and that they deserve so much more. So that was the inspiration for coming up with the name of bombbell.xo for my Instagram handle. That's so fun. I would have, I would have, I love that so much. I'm so happy you explained that to me because I I would have never known. Like it makes so much sense now that you explained that to me, but that is so freaking cool. And your, your info says mindset, self-love and confidence, living proof, mm-hmm. you're no man's trash. Love that. Empowering women to strengthen their brain and their heart to find love. And I love that too so much because a lot of times when we think, at least 23-year-olds me, I thought if I look good enough, if I act flirty enough, then I'm going to find the man of my dreams. But you can, you don't have to be Miss America to be worthy of finding love. It's about having that self-love, that confidence, and that mindset, like you said, and then being in that place where you're empowered enough in your own heart and mind to actually find worthy love. Yeah. So, I know for me, it's especially like when I was younger, like I, I really did think like it has to do with looks and it yeah. had to do with like sex appeal and stuff like that. But I really didn't. It has to do with like understanding your psychology, understanding what you're worth, because that is a, big piece of what kind of love you find is understanding how much you're worth and that all has to do with the triggers that you experience as a child and just how your psychology plays into it and then yeah you also have to strengthen your heart you have to strengthen your love for yourself in order to get to the point where you reach the love that you actually do deserve so yeah so true. And I could talk about this for hours on my soapbox. I hate, I hate how as a society, we condition and tell women, especially young women, that they have to be 21 forever and they have to look this way to find a happy relationship when really it's the opposite. If you're not happy with yourself, you're probably not going to find a happy relationship. And that's, that's the truth. Yeah. And then the other sad part is if you focus so much on your looks and your body and you, you want that to be your main focal piece, then, I mean, guys are only going to use your body. They're not going to see 
your mind. They're not going to see your emotions and the strength and beauty in that. They're not going to respect that. Yeah, unfortunately. It all comes down to how we respect ourselves and the love that we think we deserve is often the type of love that we accept for ourselves. Yeah. Do you have a YouTube as well? I'm on your Instagram profile right now. Yeah, well, my YouTube is just starting up. Oh, awesome. Um, my YouTube, I'm planning on having it focus more on, like, me and my boyfriend, like, doing little couple games and mm. kind of, like, being, like, the couple YouTubers that, like, they vlog about their day and do different little challenges and stuff like that. And I'm also thinking about adding some story time, so some of my own personal stories from when I was younger and things that I learned along the way to reach self-acceptance. Um, but yeah, so far there's only like one video up, so it's still pretty much in its infancy right now. <laughs> That's fun though. It's, it's an art. I, I have so much respect for content creators because it, the final product looks so easy, but it is not simple. It takes a lot of time, effort, and energy making YouTube and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Editing definitely takes quite a bit of time. Yes. <laughs> It for sure does. So I I love this conversation so much. I love empowered, strong women like you that speak vulnerably and openly about their own experience in order to help others. I appreciate the work you were doing so much. And, and I love talking with you and just connecting with you. Is there any way that our listeners can find you if they want to check out your work or work with you? Um, so yeah, right now I just have my Instagram, which is bombbell.xo, as we discussed. And, um, I also have my YouTube. The link is also in my Instagram, but as I said before, it's still pretty new and I just have one video up. Um, so more, more content is coming on that, but right at the point right now, I don't know if what I do have is enough to recommended for Instagram or for YouTube, oh, absolutely. but it's just the beginning. <laughs> yes. No, we will for sure link that in the show notes. It's not too little. That's, you know, we all have to start somewhere and um, I'm sure who's the famous YouTuber. I don't know. Someone that's famous on YouTube started with one video and one follower. And um, I personally learned it's just staying consistent and trusting that whatever you put out there, someone needs to hear it. So you're doing awesome work. I loved talking with you, Tyler. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that this podcast is going to help so many people. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed talking with you too.